Hello, hello. Welcome to the Bali Effect. Uh, this is Preeti Tana. And this is Dee Dee Perry. Dear, um, we're, we are recording over Skype. Our first yeah. podcasting uh, session over Skype. It's Sunday, April 5th. How's it going? Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you, you look great. You look wonderful and it hurts my heart that we are doing it this way but it also makes my heart happy that we're doing this at all so oh well thank you yeah it's definitely an interesting time I haven't felt um really up to it to be perfectly honest um uh, I know we dropped JR's last week and I really have been thinking about you know everyone keeps talking about how we're supposed to be more creative and read books and do all these amazing things. Well, I have not done shit besides work. That was us. It's not people. That was, <laughs> did you listen to our episode? <laughs> Corona oh, COVID. That was oh, us. Shit. We were supposed to get our lives together in these last three weeks. <laughs> so three weeks ago, I mean, the world was completely different when we recorded that last podcast together. And I'm not sure about you, but I don't know as many of us you know, I really didn't anticipate what was coming or what was happening. Or it was, you know, the mind's really beautiful way of, of stopping sort of trauma before it happened and, and, and staying in a space of, of uh, you know, non-reality, if you will. But three weeks seems as though it's been a lifetime. A lifetime. No kidding. I feel like uh, both of us... You know, I'm trying not to judge myself, certainly try not to judge you, but I feel like I've got egg on my face from the naivete that I approached all of this with. I would have thought three weeks ago that by now I would have written the great American novel. I would have organized my linen closet. I would have, you know, uh, gotten caught up on, you know, done all, everything, filed my taxes, just been so super productive and girl, I'm like, I, none of that has happened. Yeah. Well, none you know, I just want to, I want to say something about egg on your face. I think that's a little harsh. You know, I, I, there is not one person, I can't imagine one person knew, you know, what to expect or what was coming or, uh, how we were going to respond to a global pandemic. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous to think that. So I know, I know you're saying it mo kind of in jest, but I, there was no way to anticipate. There was no way. And I think generally by nature, we are um, sort of half glass, half full type of gals sure. in yeah. general. So I, I, I don't know. You. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't talk to me two days ago. Oh, wait, maybe you did. So I want to, I want you to tell me or talk to me a little bit or talk to folks listening about what the last three weeks have been like for you. Well, not only did I underestimate what was coming, I deeply underestimated how hard it was going to be to adjust. I still haven't figured it out, um, but it, it <laughs> It has knocked so much off course. It also has, you know, given birth to all kinds of cool new things. Um, I mean, the D-Nice dance party for one. But <laughs> yeah. I'm still trying to find my 
sea legs uh, in this one. So what I certainly did not anticipate was getting sick. And I know probably get in trouble with my mom for saying this publicly, but we're in New York City. And at this point, and you, you got on me with the statistics. Did you did you have any numbers now? I, I can't see your notes. <laughs> Uh, I do have numbers now. I yeah. I found it, you know, I don't often look at the numbers, but yeah, sort of the stats from today of, you know, over a million, a million two worldwide infected, you know, over 50,000, 60, over 60,000, I think deaths, um, you know, over three, uh, I guess maybe 250, maybe around 250 recovered. So those are the stats I have for you today and the only stats I'll share, but it's alarming. Um, of course it is. I mean, what they were projecting, and who knows, was that one in three people in New York City's five boroughs have got it. So right. here we go. All right, we're we're hitting those numbers, uh, and it 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 was disorienting. Um, and I'm not out of the woods yet. Um, and so there were like kind of the waves of how it affected my body. Um, and See, just to clarify, were you diagnosed with the virus? I was diagnosed by my primary care physician. Um, now she is uh, outside of New York. She's in Connecticut. And that has been its own set of well, So did you challenges. have the test or no test? This was just a diagnosis through the doctor. This is a diagnosis through the doctor without the test because they stopped giving tests. I don't know if that's something that's been widely reported. But it just hit a point about two weeks ago where, well, first of all, there weren't enough for the number of people who started right. to present symptoms. And so they created this criteria of your fever had to go um, above 104 degrees and stay there for three days in order for you to even get a test. And even with that threshold, they ran out of tests. So the numbers that are coming out of confirmed cases, in my view, are completely distorted because so many people just aren't getting the test at all, um, but are getting very ill. Um, I also live with asthma, which is a respiratory illness, and COVID attacks the respiratory system. And I have an autoimmune condition of my nervous system. And so being in the high-risk group, what I definitely did not anticipate was being told by my own doctors and the hospitals in New York and Connecticut, do not come here. Don't even come here. For you to come here, it's going to be dangerous. That is counter to everything that I know as a person who has grown up with, you know, been privileged. Talk about things that we've taken for granted. We can get to in a second. But just being able to think, oh, well, if I get sick, I can just go to the hospital and there will be help for me and people who will fight for me. And I'm not in any way, in any way, trying to shade the medical community because they're the ones who are, are doing the hardest work, I think. Um, and the people who are still going to work with this out there in the air. But I was just told, the air quality is so poor in the hospitals, you're just going to get 10 times more sick. Your best chances of survival are actually staying at home uh, because the, the, the fact of the matter is they don't have any treatments for anybody who is in the hospital. It's only palliative um, 
and there are a few ventilators for people whose lungs are full and they can't breathe on their own anymore. And so that was really devastating. Um, But at the same time, what I've been thinking a lot about is, you know, is less more sometimes, you know, is it actually a, a blessing in disguise to be forced to return to basics? And I mean forced in a big way. Everybody pretty much on planet Earth in some shape or form is being confined and restricted in their daily life in many, many ways. And there are opportunities to look to other resources for healing. And that has been a tremendous blessing for me because where I was not getting information um, from the traditional avenues that I normally would, medical providers, on how to beat this thing. Friends of mine who are in the medical profession um, showed up and gave me information. And, you know, old wives' tales, you know, calling the elders and getting advice from them, just things to help with breathing, things to help with how the body naturally fights defenses. Actually, our conversation with Kambiz, Dr. Shekhar, about the body's own biology of resistance, I have re-listened to, and I have just been thinking so much about in how I want to try to fight this thing on my own, not looking to a pharmaceutical risk. And I'm not trying to give out any medical advice. I'm just, this is like what the last couple of weeks have been like for me, trying to think about how can I do what I can to get through something that there are no traditional answers to this problem. And I gotta say the power, I believe of prayers, a lot of people praying for me, um, has been overwhelming in the most beautiful way. And learning the power of your own, building your own immunity through, through vitamins and through exercise. That's the thing. I'm, I'm seeing all these people in hospitals. They're just, they don't even have enough hospital beds. They're lining people up in the corridors, in beds, and they're just laying there completely inactive. They're not getting their blood pumping. And I, I just, I felt like I turned a corner when I started exercising. Yeah, that's I mean, when I my lungs started clearing out. So it's it's been it's been a roller coaster to put it shortly. I don't want to hog the conversation, but um, it, it's it's been illuminating, um, and it's been really really remarkable to see um, the amount of support that I have received um, from people that. I do not question for a second, love me deeply. And that has, you know, it, it reminds me of the the Bill Withers song, you know, Bill Withers passed away two days ago and he's got that those beautiful lines about, you know, we all need somebody to lean on. And damn it, th- that has never been truer uh, at any time that I'm just seeing all of humanity experienced that at the same time. And I think that it is absolutely true. We all need to lean on each other to get through this. But I, I believe that we can and we will. Do you, well, first of all, I'm glad you're feeling better. Um, do you 
you know, it's sometimes it feels as though as I'm hearing a lot of these conversations, you know, they're we're fortunate in so many ways. Right. And blessed in so many ways, not only with, um, you know, how we were raised or our knowledge of other healing modalities, um, you know, meditation, ways in which we can make ourselves feel better. But for there's so many people out there who who are just surviving you know, who wouldn't necessarily think to say, okay, you know, I'm not feeling well, maybe I should go for a run. Or Mm -hmm. maybe I should tap into, um, you know, eating different foods. Oh, you know, what were your some of your thoughts while you were not feeling well? Uh, Did you go through a, a sort of moment where you're like, God, what if I couldn't do that? You know, what if I can't get to those foods? What if I can't, um, you know, get up and run? What was your thought process? Because, uh, you know, I, I feel very fortunate at the moment that I do not know anyone else in my circle of friends, in my family, thankfully, um, in the country or even in the world, as far as the network extends that I, I know at this moment that has been sick or officially diagnosed. So, um, I don't have, you know, other people that I'm talking to about this. Uh, mm-hmm. so I just, what, what were you thinking during that time? You know, because it is, a, it is a, it must've been very scary. So did you have sort of a plan of, okay, what if I can't do some of these things? So I, I didn't think so much. What if I didn't have these things? What would it be like? Um, it actually, it was a Wednesday night, not this past Wednesday, but the one before that, when I was having the hardest time with my breathing. And I mean, every inhale and exhale was just so much work. And that was when I started to get afraid, um, because breathing is everything. Again, something that we take for granted. I take for granted. We just do it without thought, without effort, and going about the business of dealing with everything else we have to preoccupy our minds with. But when that suddenly becomes difficult, it's terrifying. And up until that point, I'd just been praying like, Heal me, God, please heal me, please heal me, please heal me. But I, I've known people who have passed away from asthma attacks, and my prayer changed that night. And I remember um, just saying, God, if it's not your will for me to make it through the night, whatever happens, just keep me close to you, because then I know I'll, I'll be, I'll be okay. Yeah. I really will be okay. And when I woke up the next day, um. I was just grateful to wake up and like, oh, thank God. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Still hard to breathe, but I'm here. So, okay, yeah. going to see what happens. And then, honest to goodness, Preeti, I, I swear on my unborn children, something told me, try a Bikram class. Now, I used to be a huge, huge Bikram yoga um, enthusiast. I did it very regularly. But I had not taken a Bikram class for two years. I I didn't even know where my yoga mat was. But this is what dropped into my spirit at that moment of waking up 
after having prayed that prayer the night before. And for me, it feels like, you know, the JR moment when he was talking about like, he was like, please God, give me a sign, give me a sign, give me a sign. Mm -hmm. And like Mary J. Blige's husband calls and is like, join us on tour. Like that was a huge Bali moment for me. And it definitely, I credit that to God because I'm like, oh, uh, okay, okay. Um, well, let me see. Let me see if, if I can find a class. Like clearly there's nothing in person, but maybe there's something online. I go and I check online the yoga studio that I had gone to years ago. They had just announced the day before that they were doing yoga classes through Zoom for free. Normally those classes are like 20 bucks or something a pop. But they were like, this is our gift to the community and we just want everybody to be healthy. So sign up. Here's our schedule. Go for it. And I was like, oh, shoot. OK. All right. OK. 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 And as sick as I'm feeling, I'm like, well, let me put on my yoga pants and stuff and find my mat. And I like go and I grab my my roommate's uh, space heater and I put it in my room and, you know, push the crap away. <laughs> um, it's funny. Little side note. So, well, see, you have such a beautiful space. I, I, I'm realizing how much I need to declutter my home because all these Zoom calls, I'm like, my, my space looks cluttered as <laughs> in some of these camera shots. But anyway, um, but I made space for the for the yoga mat and uh, put on the heater to make the room as hot as I could. And I did the class. And within the first 10 minutes of that class, Preeti, I start coughing. I start coughing so much so I have to run to the bathroom and all of this fluid starts coming out of my lungs. And it was it was overwhelming because I didn't realize that all of that was even there to begin with. Um, but after I coughed it up and coughed it out, I was able to breathe so much better. And I rushed back and I finished up the class and a couple times, even other, later in the class, it's 90 minutes. Same thing happened, coughing, 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 all this liquid and mucus just coming out. And that's when I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I can't sit still. I can't sit still. Like, I have to change my whole approach to this thing. And to me, it felt like God still cares about me and God is watching me and God is pulling for me to get through this. And that is what I felt. It, it wasn't so much of if I didn't. It's like, thank the Lord that I matter to my creator, um, that I would just get this tip. And so I've been doing the yoga and jogging, alternating with that ever since and feeling so much better. So, so, so much better. So I can't encourage anybody, everybody who I know who's like, thinks they might be sick. I'm like, get your ass moving. Listen to auntie Michelle Obama. You know, let's, if you, let's just move. If, if you can, if you can, you know, we if certainly aren't can. recommending. At whatever pace, whatever pace works for you. Cause everybody's right. fitness level is different. But, well, um, and also, um, you know, I just want to be clear that, you know, there's, you're not recommending that those that are not feeling well, just exercise, you know, listen to your body. If you need to rest, you need to rest, but for but you, truly, that was your... To your body. And we had talked about this a bit with um, Dr. Alicia. You are the expert on how you feel, truly. And now is such an important time to listen to what your body is telling you. And if you're feeling like things are going down because you're completely sedentary, maybe just get up and walk around your living room. 
or if you can't, maybe do some jumping jacks. Like what? I, I tell you, I I think for everyone listening, that's a good idea. I have struggled with, you know, uh, just trying to make sure that I'm moving, you know, and knocking on wood, still healthy, um, on a daily basis. So there, there's no there's no downside. Well, Preeti, how else are you coping? Because and like, what has surprised you just about the last couple of weeks? Oh, uh, so you know. Uh, I think most people listening know this, but we're both in New York City. I'm um, close to the Upper West Side. You are in Brooklyn. Brooklyn in the house. <laughs> and um, I think that uh, quite a few things have surprised me. Um, you know, first of all, I, I, I'm surprised at my own resilience, and I think everyone else's, or the ability to adapt. Um, it's not been easy or certainly not fun being in New York City. But uh, I'm a little surprised at how quickly uh, everyone was able to sort of move uh, social practices, whether it be working, you know, on calls through video, or just as you mentioned, Zoom classes, uh, whether that be yoga or dancing. So that that's one thing that's interesting. I I have never thought we talked about this just a little bit earlier in in what we're grateful for or things that we're lucky to have. I've never the, the I think we've moved so fast in life, you know, and have taken many things for granted. Um, so one of the few moments, or uh, I guess the Bali moment for me was I think it was the first week where I really felt as though I had to get up early and get to the grocery store. Uh, before other people were in the store. And, you know, here in New York City, uh, we delivery of groceries is pretty much non-existent at this point, right? So um, the first week as we were easing into things, we, I was able to get grocery deliveries. Um, but that stopped pretty soon, I think a week and a half in, meaning there's no times available to get these things. So I remember having, thinking to myself, okay, uh, you know, I want, I, you need to get up early get to the grocery store. So there's not many people around. Um, because the last time I went, you know, there wasn't any milk or something along those lines. And this was during the first, you know, week and a half. Still, again, I can't believe it's only been three weeks because it does feel like such a yeah. long time. Okay. Um, but, you know, just things that I relish every day, whether it's talking to family and friends, um, hot water, you know, showers, every shower I take, every bath I take, I'm super grateful. Um, you know, it just, it, I, I try and stay very much in the moment of the day because thinking too far in advance, even a few days, um, I, I found is super stressful. And I know it's generally a practice we talk about, um, in meditation and yoga and all of those things of staying in the moment, but I truly believe it's the one thing that's keeping me seen to mm -hmm. say, you know, in this moment, you're okay. Your family's okay. Your friends are okay. You have a roof, you have hot water, you have food. And this may sound super, you know, basic or rudimentary, like obviously, but it truly does help me, um, sort of align peacefully with the moment because there are moments like we all have where I freak out you know, or I think about three months from now, or, you know, I read an article the other day about how um, post virus, the world will change. 
and someone said something around, oh, there'll probably be less events. Who knew that we we could actually have these meetings and even board meetings and be successful without flying anywhere? And I was like, hold on, <laughs> you know, I <laughs> hold up. We we you know, I think in person contact and communication is so important. Body language is important. Energy is important. So uh, I don't know. I think I'm rambling a lot, well, but but I. I generally would say, um, I waver between the two, between, you know, anxious about the next year or two. Um, and then blissfully in the moment where everything's okay. You're not rambling. That was (laughs) all it's teaching me. Um, what do you miss the most from pre other than me? Other than you, yes, you know, hugs. at first I will be totally upfront as I always am. At first I welcomed this because really in my mind, I thought, well, you know, you're not that social anyway. You know, this was my thought process. And when, and let me, let me clarify that because I know probably I just saw your face and other people. Yeah, I'm like, what are you talking about? Okay. What I meant was, so my first thought was, oh, we can't go to restaurants and we can't go to, you know, classes and we get, okay, I'm okay with that for a, a short amount of time because um, I'm equally, you know, introvert as I am extrovert, I think. Um, so I, I thought I'm alone most of the time anyway. Truly, this is what I thought. I'm alone most of the time. In reality, you know, after five or six days, I'm alone when I would come home from the day um, for a few hours before I went to bed, a few hours is being generous, maybe the two hours before I went to bed, an hour, and then an hour or so in the morning. But truly, I was not alone the rest of the time, mm-hmm. right? Whether that was whether that was work, whether that was classes, whether that was traveling. And, and I, I miss people, you know, I miss conversations in person to think that we will have to take a moment before we hug someone again, or before we high five, um, or kiss a stranger or whatever it may be. Uh, I think that's, I, I miss it currently and I miss it in the future because I don't know how that will change. And of course this goes without saying, but you I miss kiss strangers creepy. It'll be fine. <laughs> I miss that. No, you can, you, we will be able to do all of those things, but I believe we'll take a moment before that happens. Oh, yeah. Right. We'll oh, take yeah. a moment. And of course, uh, the thought of not traveling. Um, I mean, the fact that it's April and I've not been on a plane, you know, well, I was in LA in February, but it's April and not thinking about a future destination or, uh, you know, I usually have my travel list already, uh, set out. That's, I miss that tremendously, but truly I would say before that is, you know, my parents may need hugs. These are things you just took for granted. The ability to see the people that you care about. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. That's been hard on on my my mom in particular because all she wants is for me to come home and i mean that's all she wants anyway but now that really is what she wants and right now not a not a an option um and so and that is in an effort to protect her 
um, and talk about the sacrificial love of a parent. She's like, well, I don't care if I get sick, at least you'll be here and I can, you know, just see you and da, 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 da. I'm like, it's okay, mom, just give it a little bit more time. Um, most fear is truly anticipatory. You know, it, it is looking towards something and thinking, you know, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. Um, and deep. because the, the trajectory down the line does look so bleak, um, it, it can be overwhelming. So I'm with you 100%. Um, it's in, it's interesting you bring up that fear comment because I find it I, in normal life, that's what we say about fear. Mm -hmm. But with everything that's happening, with people actually telling you, whether it's, you know, Cuomo or, the, you know, other government officials, I may not listen to all of them at the moment. Uh, which or, one? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, they're basically saying you should be afraid. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. And even, even with that, I, I have no control over that, right? But what I do have are other areas of my life where I can exercise influence. And that is what I just need to focus on. Right. And I have found tremendous joy in really, you know, new ways to connect. Yeah. Um, and just getting in touch with people that I haven't been in touch with over Zoom and FaceTime and <laughs> catching up with folks. Um, I've got a, a friend, what's up, Sarah Chester? She's coined the term zappy hour. We're like, yo, that shit's not going to catch on. But it's on Zoom and it's a happy hour. And, you know, we get zappy together. And it's a group of friends from high school just catching up in ways that we haven't in 20 years. And, but for this global pandemic crisis, I don't see that that would have happened. I had an amazing uh, Zoom connection with cousins of mine, um, some of whom are in Spain, some of whom are in other parts of America. We've never done that before. Right. And now it's, you know, just so much more of an urgency to connect some kind of way. It's like, all right, if I can't leave this here couch, I can still reach out and, and be in touch in real time with people in other parts of the globe. Even the yoga classes. I feel so excited when like the teacher can look into my cluttered bedroom and be like, okay, Didi, you're doing a good job. Just straighten <laughs> out a little bit more. I, you know, it feels I cool. love it. I, you know, I haven't, I haven't quite jumped on the live classes yet. That <laughs> I think I Yo, will probably in the next couple of weeks. I've loved, loved, loved on-demand classes, especially yoga classes. Um, you know, I'll just give a shout out to my, you know, Laughing Lotus, which is one of my my favorite studios. But they always have a Spotify playlist uh, along with the class. So I've I've um, I've enjoyed just doing classes and and. Music has been one of my many, many. Oh my gosh! Right? Now is the time for music. Now I will tell you of all the the creative things that I thought I was going to do. The one yeah. I actually uh, want to get to uh, the most right now. I want to get in touch with my guitar. I really, really do. I've forgotten everything that I learned 
uh, about two years ago. Because remember, I started taking guitar classes after Bali. Uh, maybe, yeah, more than that. But anyway, I want to do that because the music that is coming out. So as as you know, I don't find this shit broke me. I was sworn off to social media. I gotta, I, mean, I we gotta, I gotta tell the story, guys. This is the best for 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 years, Didi. So uh, you know, six years now, I've known you because we're all getting our, you know, uh, social media reminders of the time we were in Bali, which was six years ago this week. Um, but I, I cannot believe this global pandemic did it. It broke you. Didi, I won't say anything other than you're now on Instagram. I, I would like to preface this with saying that you you had wanted to do one thing in particular. What was it on Instagram that made you ask me? Because the initial request was, can I use the Bali Effects Instagram to... <laughs> to join the parties. I wanted I, all these Insta stories. So you can't get that from just stalking from regular Google, which is what I've been getting by on for a very long time, very effectively. But now I'm like, shit, Debbie Allen's got a class going and I can't take it because I'm not on Instagram. And I can't take, you know, Michaela started doing live classes, Travel Bear Feet, yep. shout out. Masala Bangada is doing classes, shout out. Like, be nice is having a party. Michelle Obama's up in there and I can't get it. Oh, no, 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 no. Auntie Oprah's in the room too. Oh, hell no. All right, fine. Fine. I'm going to do it. And now I'm out there and I feel terrible, but at least <laughs> I'm in the room when the fun is going down. So, well, listen, I'm I not know, posting I, anything. I but know. It's my pass. And, it's my passport into the cool kids' room. Big fail on my part because I got distracted with with my day job of giving you, and to be honest, I didn't even know, I don't know what the Bali effect Instagram password is. So the, the idea of trying to okay. find that and I did, but then all of a sudden I got a request from this random Instagram person. And I thought, <laughs> it's not my who, name or my who is please, this person asking to follow me who also follows everyone on the Bali effect? And I still didn't make the connection, which is so ridiculous. I was like, I don't understand. Who is this? But uh, I'm glad you're on. Can you tell me uh, what's been your favorite observation about being on Instagram now and your least favorite? Let me answer the first one. We'll start with the bad stuff first. Yo, this is a time suck. Like, I got I got things to do in language the language D. Language. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> I got little cousins watching now. Shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I <laughs> I have been surprised at how demanding um work has become initially there was like the lull everything stopped um and then i was like okay i'll just catch up on stuff that i was behind on but then after like the second week there was a wave of people wanting things and their expectations being a lot more demanding ironically because they're now home too and whereas they had other things to distract them um and i think people's anxiety got a lot higher this week than the past two weeks. Um, whereas like the first two weeks kind of feels like a vacation. Okay, you know, that's kind of the increment of time where you can go away and come back to back to life. But after week three, it's like, oh no, we're really in a pandemic. So that kind of spilling over into things. But that being that what it was, I had still, I have a lot to get done with the workday, but I'm not getting to it with the same speed because here I am 
chasing all these rabbit holes, seeing what people have posted. It's like an information overload. But I, I want to know. <laughs> I didn't realize that I wanted to know, you know, what some of my favorite, you know, musicians and some of my cool friends and people I don't even know at all, but who have liked something that I also liked. And now I want to follow your life and see what you're up to. And I'm like, everybody's got such a cooler existence than I do. It looks so glamorous and fun and wow. colorful and because exciting. And man, wow. Let me more pressure. I need to get it together. Well, you're, <laughs> you're a little, you're slightly late to the game, but several, several slightly. studies of, of, of conversations around FOMO and, you know, even the joy of missing out. But, uh, I can tell you one thing for sure. It's that what you see is not often depicted uh, fairly <laughs> or realistically. So, you That's know, you got to temper. Yeah, you get you have to temper um, everyone's perfect life with their minute of perfection that they're posting on Instagram, um, or fifteen seconds, if you will. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't. But you have to go through the same process we all went through. So in a few months, we can talk again about your Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. Well, I'm still figuring out how to use it. I'm like, wait, how come the little the little video disappeared? It's only been a day. Anyway. <laughs> you have a routine. Huh? You have a routine during this pandemic? Like, have you? Yes, I actually, well, sort of. I have a morning routine and an evening routine that revolves around um, all the vitamins that I'm taking and uh and just spiritual practice so morning it's prayers and vitamins um i have a piece of toast and i've taken vitamin c and zinc and vitamin d and iron and b12 and um at night i'm taking more vitamin c just all immune boosting things and uh at some point in there going for a jog or getting in a yoga class and then the rest is just trying to get the work done Mm-hmm. Um, there has been lots and lots of binging of Netflix and Hulu and those sorts of things, but ironically, not as much as I thought that there would be and not what I'm hoping I can get to. Like, I, I really look forward to getting past the demands of work so that I just wake up and all day I'm just like, and I finished this book today. I haven't gotten there or I've, you know, figured out how to play this song or I've finished two chapters in my script. Like I haven't gotten to that point just yet. Uh, and I think, you know, it's for all the reasons that we're discussing, we're still wrapping our heads around it. So, right. Right. But um, what I want to ask you, do you think that there's something bigger that going on with this outbreak hitting the entire planet earth? Um, I do, but I want to save that for the end because there's an article I read and there's a paragraph from that article that beautifully encapsulates that conversation. Um, and so I was hoping we could kind of end with that, but, um, (laughs) let me ask you a different, no, it's all right. right. Wait, Wait, I don't have no notes. Yeah. Bull baloney. (laughs) Well, I I just read this article and I thought it would be a great thing to share, but, um, D, as we all know, D prepares more than I do, but shoot, what's your question? I haven't got no articles to quote. (laughs) Let me ask you a different question. Um, what lessons have, do you think you've learned so far? Because, you know, whatever wisdom the article is going to impart to us, um, I think we would all be remiss if we don't start looking at least the very, very least for some, some lessons. 
to move forward with? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the biggest lesson is really uh, the obvious one, I think, not to take things for granted um, and to be super mindful about relationships and conversations. And, um, you know, we never we don't really get too much into deep personal things yet on this podcast, but um, I think we don't. Well, not, not deep. the tea. What's she talking? <laughs> um, I think compassion has been a big lesson for me. I think um, I was always very quick to to judge or to um, assume that you know, in relationships or or all relationships that um, assume things, right? And we're on this equal playing ground now, right? So we're all, what's, what's incredibly fascinating, somewhat humbling is that we're all in the same, uh, same space. You know, we're all quarantined. We're all indoors. We're all trying to find a new way of relating to life. And so, um, somehow, and, and again, I'm not speaking uh, of class, necessarily, because I think that's a whole other component of what's happening. But um, just in terms of thought process, so, you know, lessons of, of, you know, can I be more compassionate when we come out? Um, and less have less judgment on, on what other people are going through and what they're feeling. Um, this, this may, you know, I think we talk about my parents often, and I do spend time with them. But what's been interesting about this time in particular is that we have been doing a family uh, FaceTime call every evening and prior family conversations, meaning myself, my brother, my sister, their spouses, their kids, and my parents um, were limited to once or twice a year when, when we would be together in person. And, um, and that was just the way it was. And so I don't know that I made such an effort to see them because we had developed, we all probably have patterns of how we were living our life. This is when we do this. This is when we do that. And so just being more conscious of inviting those conversations in um, is, is another lesson that I'm sort of ruminating or thinking about. Um, the things that I thought were important just aren't, you know, um, another, like another big lesson. I don't know. I, I sometimes I guess this is more related to I just stuff, you know, how I look or how I dress. Um, that's been a big one, you know, how incredibly divine and comfortable I am in sweats every day. But <laughs> see, you still look good in sweats. I wish that people could see you because you okay anyway. No, I, mean, I, I just you know to me it, the the big lesson is um, you know, I thought I was extremely authentic before this, but this, this level of authenticity is one that I haven't experienced, whether it be on, on work calls or with friends of being totally open and honest about what I'm feeling. And so I hope I can carry more of that into, into, into post. You, you just don't know until you know, you know, until you're forced into a situation where you have so many thoughts about what's happening and what's going on and um yeah i don't know lessons lessons what else i don't know that's it for week three i think i think maybe in a couple weeks i might have a few more but um you know and just not to take things for granted 
yeah. freedom, freedom to leave to, to, you know, New York, we're so used to instant gratification and, oh. con- you know, we can have whatever we want whenever we want it. And that's how we've lived most of our lives. If you've been in New York city, well, that's not the case anymore. And so, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I do think it's somewhat of a rubber band effect. You know, we're, we're being pulled all the way out to sort of adhere to behavior during this time. I don't know if we'll snap back gracefully or quickly, but we will get back to a sense of normal. I just hope we don't lose the lessons that we're sort of contemplating. And it is a gift to be able to contemplate these things. You know, that's, that's another thing that I'm acutely aware of. So, yeah, I think that's about it. How about you? Well, I, I fully agree with what you said. Thank you for sharing. Um, to me, you know, it's not something new, but it's just something that I am really, really applying and needing to apply, seeing the need to apply. I'm still working on it than than really ever before. Patience, mm-hmm. patience patience. I deliberately say that slowly for emphasis to your point about, you know, we're so used to getting everything that from my experience has translated even in loved ones responses to me coming through this. It's like, I I will speak with someone on, you know, Monday and then two days later, okay, are are you better? And I don't, have the answer that they want because the answer is, yep, it's done. All over. It's finished. And I wish I did. I wish I did. And the, the, that question is, it it actually, it's, it's a little, like, I understand why they're asking and they're asking out of love and they're asking out of concern. And at the same time, it has been producing anxiety because I don't want to lie, but I just want to manage expectations. And it's like, listen, this is not like the common cold. The minute that you get it, you start to feel sick. The minute that you don't feel sick, you're better. Boom, that's what we understand. This is something different. And just because your symptoms go away doesn't mean that it's gone. I was starting to feel a lot better. And then two days later, I lose my sense of taste and I lose my sense of smell. Like, what the hell? You know? And so just working to get all the pieces together and understand what's going on. I don't know. But patience. I'm still here. I am able to breathe. That's what I'm hanging on to. I'm waking up every day. I got energy. I'm going to go for a run today. Like those are the good, you know, good news that I can offer um, because just the solution in this moment, it's just not available. So that's what I'm really learning. Other thing that I'm learning and also relating to what you said about um, just things you thought were important just weren't. Just being able to be okay with letting a whole lot of things go. Mm-hmm. Just let let it go. Let it go. Because the real things that truly are the most important and the most powerful probably aren't even, you know, um, being jeopardized. For example, this virus, we can't see it. We can't touch it. We can't, you know, quantify it, but it has brought the whole world to its knees. You know, how many 
decades have been spent trying to prepare the nuclear arsenals of major superpower countries. And for all of that might, militarily, you know, of our air quotes defense, we've been rendered completely powerless by something that we can't even discern. At the same time, in that same, you know, calculus, hope, love, power in those things. We can't measure them. We can't see them, but we can feel them. And and those are the things that I'm counting on. Faith, can't see it, but it's what keeps me going. You know, well, that and my pretty smile. (laughs) (laughs) See, it works. (laughs) Well, it's true. I I hope everyone. Like, just let it go. Like me getting really upset because, you know, somebody, you know, on a conference call is losing their mind over certain details because certain things just aren't going to play out in the same time in this legal deal. Just just let it go. Just let it, it, it's going to be different. Just let it go. But to your point, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, to your point um, about patience, I think one of the other things is that, you know, everyone has a different level at which they're responding to what's going on. And I think many people, uh, their sanity is just the way things used to be. You know, so when you when you hit up against those conference calls, I've had many where someone on that chat is, you know, you have to shut off the video because you do a big eye roll or, you know, you, you, you cannot fathom why this person is being so deliberate in conversation and so worked up over something you actually feel is no longer that important. I'm always reminded that they are there. No, we're not in the same space of what's going on. And perhaps this is their way of coping like business as usual. You know, I will be, you know, if not worse, (laughs) I will be, you know, the, I will cling on to what, what I found important before and what gives me something of value to talk about now. So I don't know, it, all of that just says, you know, kind of encapsulates all of what we've been saying anyway. Yeah, we, you know, have yourself a bali moment then in those (laughs) moments where, you know, you're realizing that business as usual isn't as usual, pivot, Track a new outlook. Try something different. It just might help you to keep your mind straight. So I love how you're always on brand. Sorry, what did you say? I love how you're always on brand. Um, No, (laughs) no, no jokes, really. I don't know. I I, like most people, I'm consuming a great amount of content, whether that's through Instagram or um, just finding other people that are creating content that's different or humor. Uh, But I don't I don't know. I don't know if I remember recalling any good jokes. I, I can recall over the past couple weeks really laughing at things out loud. So I, but I don't know what I was doing. I don't know if I was watching something on television or um, television. God, I haven't said that in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Who says television anymore? Um, or reading a book or just talking to a friend or seeing something. Oh, this is what I will tell you. Uh, highly entertained by the significant amount of memes that are on Instagram. About oh my gosh, they're amazing. They are. I'm sending them to like my mom in the morning. She's like, God, I got a good one. It's so, it's, some of them really are so genius and I love them. I love them. Uh, you know, if anyone's looking for a laugh, you know, just 
Well, post them on Instagram. I'll be able to see them now. (laughs) Oh, I'll point you in the right direction or send you links. Uh, You know. Nice deflection. I I see that. (laughs) Dee, we're almost at time. Okay. Well, I've got a funny one. Um, And, you know, hey, I mean it too. Um, From my my buddy Jocelyn. It was a picture of a huge, like, arc in the middle of the desert. And the, the caption read, um, if you see somebody building one of these anytime soon, please let me know. <laughs> that's cute. PSA. See, that's rated G PSA. for the kids. <laughs> well, but, I hope, yeah, girl. I hope everyone listening is, is, you know, doing okay. And I'll put this out there. Dee and I are available to talk to anyone who needs to talk. Um, we are? I am. I'll make myself available. <laughs> Uh, you can DM us, slide into our DMs on Instagram yes, if you want please, because now I can look and yeah. see it and stuff. Um, but, but happy to chat if anyone's having a hard time. Uh, so, you know, there was this article in the Financial Times um, a couple days ago. I guess it was April 3rd um, by Arundhati Roy, who... <gasps> Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I it's told a great... you that I love... Like, she is one of my... Favorite, 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 favorites of all time. She, Fiction, nonfiction, both. I, have I ever told you that? No, but she's one of See, my this two. seems divine. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, I have on my bookshelf, like, seven of her books signed. Oh, my, okay. Sorry. I, that's a whole other conversation. Signed. That's amazing. I love her. I've been a fan of hers since The God of Small... Th- no, from um the, the interpreter... No. Got a small thing. Yes. Got a small thing. Got a small thing. And then she she switched to nonfiction, but she wrote another fiction book um, like two years. Anyway, love her. Yes, she's the perfect one to go out on. So, if, okay, if you haven't read this article, um, please look it up. It was Financial Times. I think it was April third, and um, this is this is a paragraph. It's sort of towards the end. The entire article is worth the read. But she says, uh, whatever it is, coronavirus has made the mighty kneel and brought the world to a halt like nothing else could. Our minds are still racing back and forth, longing for a return to normal, but trying to stitch our future to our past and refusing to acknowledge the rupture. But the rupture exists, and in the midst of the terrible despair, it offers us a chance to rethink the doomsday machine we have built for ourselves. Nothing could be worse than a return to normalcy. Historically, pandemics have forced humans to break with the past and imagine their world anew. This one is no different. It is a portal, a gateway between one world and the next. Well, damn. On that, uh, I offer that up to all of you to think about. Uh, read uh, the article. Uh, of course, read all of her work. It's truly amazing. And um, yeah, we will see you soon. Well, I, I don't mean to one-up you. Um, what yes, I will say. You do. <laughs> oh, I do, but like not in with that connotation. Of activity. Um, something that she had said in a speech that she gave for, I believe, the Lennon Foundation many years ago, like 2001 or 2005, I don't know. But it was called Come September. And in that, she's, she said then, and I always thought of her as a bit of a prophet, the American way of life simply is not sustainable. And all that time ago, you know, what she was getting at was there are things, harms that we're doing to the environment that we're doing to people whose lives truly do matter and they're not getting the recognition. 
And we need to start thinking about ways to, to shift that. And uh, now here we are. Um, so so much for it, ending on a beautiful quote. Thanks. We can talk about this all No, no we are going to end on a beautiful quote. We're going to end on a fantastic quote because tomorrow is your birthday. Ah, uh, it is my birthday I tomorrow. Let this opportunity pass me by while I can see your shining face to say what a gift it is to know you and how much I love you. Thanks, Dee. I have nothing else. Now we're crying. I have nothing else. Oh, guys, thank you so much. That was beautiful. I love you, Dee. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, follow us on Instagram, the underscore Bali underscore effect, and we'll see you there. Thank you. Bye. Check us out.